You didn't need my cue for me to tell you to be seated, so I'm glad you caught on to that. Welcome back this evening. As I realize Father's Day, like any other holiday, is always a challenge in terms of family events and planning and all of that. So I'm honored and grateful that you could be back tonight. I want to begin tonight by asking you this question. How do you introduce yourself when you think about meeting someone new for the first time? Uh, often it's, you know, a shake of a hand, look in the eye, ask maybe where you're from, uh, ask uh, maybe about your family or, or by way of the person introducing you. Uh, but eventually it gets down to that famous question, so what do you do or what are you about? Uh, I do that a lot, of course, in my job, um, and uh, I'll be first to admit I'm not very good at it. I think I'm getting better, but uh, it takes a lot of practice. Uh, by nature, I'm an introvert. Ministry causes me to force me to be an extrovert, and so I'm constantly stepping outside of, of a place where I'm not naturally gifted. Introverts, if you didn't know, are not great. It's not that they're not great at talking. It's not that they're, it's just that they're not great at small talk. You don't talk about issues, deep stuff. I can jump into that real quick. But but just kind of wading through, getting to know a person and, and all of that, and having to do it tens to hundreds of times, and people hoping that you remember every interaction that you have. Still learning. My question for you is, how do you introduce yourself? Now, of course, around here, it's not. I don't really have to do it. Most people know my role. But in the world, when I'm, you know, out uh, talking to someone, or maybe they see me, I know your Bible, or uh, you're sitting next to somebody on a plane. There comes that moment when they want to know what I do. If I can be kind of honest about it, I sort of dread it. Because once you tell people you're a minister, it changes the interaction. You can tell. I had one minister call it the straightening the tie effect. It doesn't really apply in my situation, but they they get around a minister, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a holy guy. I better, you know, start talking about how good I am and, and all the good things I do and the church I'm a part of and the, the good works we support and on and on and on. Um, and in my mind, I'm always thinking, like, look, guy, you don't have to impress me. <laughs> how do you introduce yourself? In the book of John, which we're going through on Sunday nights, uh, we are privileged to get seven, by some count, eight introductions that Jesus gives of himself. He, he, he came from heaven to earth, the song goes. And how we know this is an introduction to himself is it usually starts with the phrase, I am. And we've talked about a couple of those tonight. We're going to talk about another one. Uh, we've talked about a couple as we've gone along. And tonight we talk from John chapter 8, verse 12, where Jesus said, I and the light of the world. And so I hope you'll take the time to open your Bibles, and even though you think you know Jesus, my question for you is, if you will open your book and your heart to being introduced to him again. Turn it to uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, either in a Bible, on a phone, or however you choose to turn We will read, I will read, and you will listen more precisely, starting in verse 12 of chapter 8. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am 
the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they ask him, where is your father? You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. And yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more, Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sin. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, will he kill himself? Is that why he says, where I go, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they asked. Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus said. I have much to say in judgment of you. But he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him I tell the world. They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. Verse 28. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me, and he has not left me alone. For I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. As Jesus introduces himself this evening in this text, we see very clearly, of course, the idea that he is the light. In the second of seven introductions, uh, we learn about the nature of Jesus himself and where he's from and who he is. And though he doesn't say it directly, he does say indirectly a lot about the world that we live in. Now, we'll go through these as we go through the book of John, the I am statements, the bread, I am the bread of life, which we've already covered. I am the light of the world, which we'll cover tonight. Uh, coming up very soon will be I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the vine. As we think about this text, as we consider uh, what Jesus said of himself, the first thing we understand is that Jesus is the light. Verse 12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, it's important that we understand that Jesus is not a light, but that he claimed to be the light. It's not the only time that Jesus will claim exclusivity of who he is. A lot of people in the world especially will claim that Jesus was a good man or a good teacher, that that he was one of many. But Jesus always claimed to be the only. In chapter 9, verse 5, which we'll get to later on, he says, While I am in the world, I am the 
light of the world. No one else can make such a claim. Jesus could only make a claim of that nature if he was telling the truth. I was thinking about um, it being Father's Day, of course. And Jesus would say, uh, when he was speaking about the goodness of the Father, he would say, you, though you are evil, know how, how to give good gifts to your children. We understand that's true. Uh, there's no father in here, there's no parent in here who, who doesn't understand the joy that you get from bringing your children a good gift. And so to understand the nature of the father, he will say, though you're evil, you understand on a small level what it is to be good. I'm t- telling you about a father who is truly good and who gives good gifts to all his children, regardless of how good they are. Jesus says he is just like his father. He says several times in this passage, I am from the father. And in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, John will allude to this very same writing style. He says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him is no darkness at all. So by claiming that, when Jesus is claiming of himself that he is the light, he's, he's, he's making that connection to the Father. And for us, understanding that he is the light, the only light, we understand that we ourselves are not the light. We've been talking about this for most of the year. Uh, all of the good things that are happening through the Light of Life Ministries are not because we are good, but because he is good. And because we have an opportunity to serve and to let our lives and our hands and our hearts be a conduit for that light. What's interesting is in John chapter 8, verse 20, the scripture says, He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. And so we understand that the physical location in the temple where Jesus is speaking and preaching this message And what's interesting is this happens to be in the court of the women. And one commentator wrote, there were two colossal golden lampstands here in the court of the women on which hung not just a lamp or a couple lamps, but a multitude of lamps by whose light you could see the evening sacrifice whose brilliance was diffused all over the city as the sun went down. So we understand that Jesus is the light, not a light. And as he's standing there in, in, in probably, perhaps they're seeing his silhouette or perhaps he's surrounded by this light that's being diffused. He's saying, I am the light of the world. Uh, we understand there's lots of lights in the physical world, but Jesus is speaking to a spiritual truth that he was the light. Second thing that we learned is that the world is a very dark place. Now, keep in mind, he's speaking here to religious people. He's not speaking to to worldly people necessarily. And listen to what he says. You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins. If you do not believe that I am he, you will indeed die in your sins. These were people who thought of themselves as good, who, who did their very best to keep the law And yet, 
Jesus said, if you don't believe that I am who I say I am, you will die in your sins. Makes no difference if you have one or a million and one. Without Jesus, you will die in your sin. The world is full of darkness. Uh, That's always been true. It sort of seems like the darkness has been uh, expanding uh, since the garden. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20, the prophet proclaimed, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. In the beginning of this book, John will say this, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome, or some translations say has not understood it. You have two very different elements here. And as the light shines in the darkness, the darkness does not overcome, does not overtake it, but it also doesn't comprehend it. It doesn't understand it fully. And this is the way we understand for us, living in a dark world, there will be times when the Savior that we follow and the truth that we believe are not easily understood. But we also take hope and that we're not overtaken by the darkness if we do not allow now, there's a warning here in John's book. Dark and light are, are, are you know, often mentioned. John chapter 3, verse 20, he says, Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. That's interesting for me because I've always read that from a you know, worldly perspective that people of the world, not of Christ, don't like the light. But it's also true, speaking to the very same people Jesus was speaking to, religious people who sought the light within themselves, who tried to attain goodness on their own, and they too hated the light. Because the light of Jesus exposes everything. We think about Perhaps Judgment Day will just be standing in a magnificent light where nothing can be hidden, where no lie can be uttered, where no darkness can abide. It will be total light. There's the darkness of the world system, darkness of immoral behavior. In John chapter 3, verse 19, John says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John's very clear. The world, not just here and now, easy for preachers to get on that, uh, the darkness of the current world, but the world's always been a dark place. The world was a dark place in the 1950s. The world was a dark place in the 1900s. The uh, world was a dark place in the dark ages. The world was a dark place in the first century. The world's always been a dark place. And when light comes into it, the reaction to it is not always so good. So we're reminded again and again as we walk with Christ to walk in the light. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 11 says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And, he's, and Paul describes those as sexual immorality, impurity, greed, obscenity, godless talk, coarse joking. We can look at Galatians and other places and see. And, and most of the time we really don't need a list to know what's dark. 
we sort of know. The more difficult truth is that the world is a dark place. Uh, The darkness is growing. In verse 27 of our passage tonight, uh, John says, They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man. I was thinking about when did they lift up? When would they lift up the Son of Man in this this story? When were they ever going to lift him up? I think he was talking about the cross. When the darkness reached its zenith, um, here in, uh, I think, August 21st, we're going to have a, a solar eclipse. I don't know if you, you're going to take the time, but it's been the first one, I think, since 1977 or something like that. When there's been a full one, it's going to cover a swath across. And, and depending on where you are at that moment, you'll either be able to get the full effect or you'll just be, be able to see a glimpse of it. But um, in Christ's life, the darkness... He was in a dark world, and it was continuing to get darker and darker and would eventually culminate uh, with the cross. Jesus knew he was heading to be lifted up on the cross of Golgotha. It wasn't going to get any better. He knew that darkness hates the light. Remember on the account of the crucifixion. Now, this is not John's account, but I think it illustrates The good doctor wrote in these words. He said, Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, My leading rebellion, that you've come with swords and clubs. Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. This is the same temple courts that John would be accounting, by the way. But in verse 53, he says this. He says, But this is your hour when darkness reigns. I mean, it it became an actual, literal truth as darkness spread over the whole land from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. So he knew that darkness was not only there, but it was going to get more and more intense as he went along. That was true in Jesus' life. It's true in our lives as well. Uh, This past week in Virginia, a United States senator was shot. We know he was part of a a, a list, uh, a marked man. Uh, while playing a baseball game. This past week uh, in Texas, 600 pounds of meth-laced lollipops were discovered, intended to be given to children. This past week here in Wichita, in our own city, a seven-year-old girl uh, was violently raped. And we read those things And not to be insensitive to any of it, but we understand the darkness grows. We live around it. We, we, in our entertainment, in our music, in our television, in our movies, in our news, uh, we see abuse, addiction, greed, gossip, pornography, bad language, on and on and on and on. And the worst part of it is not just the darkness, but our adaptation to it. Um, Past couple of weeks, I've spent lots of time at the eye doctor's office, and. That tool of my eye that is used to get bigger and smaller, the pupil, as the light grows and dims. Sometimes they'll have to put a little drop in there and make it open up real big. And it just, it's just hard to see out of it because it lets all the light in. I realize that in our lives, we get used to the darkness a whole lot. We adapt to it. 
And that's not the way it should be, but I'm just saying that seems to be the way it is. And the worst part of it is not just the outer darkness. I mean, it's the daily battle against the inner darkness. That's the part that destroys the soul. It's it's not the water outside the ship that brings the ship down. It's the water that gets inside the ship. It's the battle constantly in our lives to walk in the light in a world of darkness. To follow the light when everything around is so dark. John chapter 11, he'll say, Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Now, I hope I've sufficiently depressed you, um, which is a good preacher's job, I guess. Um, Can I ask, if you would just for a second, uh, take your phones, go ahead and turn on your light if you have them. Now, uh, when I ask you to turn on your light... You understand that for those of you who are doing it, it kind of, sort of, you can sort of see it in here, but it doesn't really make a huge difference because everything's lit up, right? But if I have you keep your lights on, and if I ask the guys at the back if they'll turn the lights all the way, just all the way off, um, what we notice is as the darkness grows the light becomes much more prevalent. The light makes much more of an impact the darker darker it gets. Now, may we not forget this point, that Jesus is the light, and we are to be conduits of his light. But guys, that's easy here. And to be quite honest, it's not super noticeable. But here in a few minutes, we're going to say a, sing a song, sing, say a final amen, and these lights on a spiritual level are going to go out into a world that's a lot darker than this room. And it's more important than ever that His light shines in you. That His light shines within us. Because His light is our only hope. You can go ahead and bring up the, the, uh, the normal lights now, guys. Thank you. Verse 28, then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own, but speak what the Father has taught him. The one who has sent me, he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. His light is our only hope. Whether we know it or not, whether we understand the fullness of of how much we need the light, he's our last, only, best hope. He is our only escape from the darkness. In John chapter 12, he'll write, Jesus cried out, whoever believes in me does not believe in me only, but in the one who sent me. The one who looks at me is seeing the the one who sent me. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. May his light shine in us that others may see it, not to glorify us, but as Jesus would later say, to glorify the Father, the true light who is in heaven. Jesus is the source of the light. He is the light. 
Uh, with light comes life. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life, and life more abundant, or life to the full. With light comes peace. A lot of you are getting pretty anxious when I tell them to turn off the lights in here. Some of you are getting more rest. I don't know. But the light, when we bring it up, gives us less anxiety. We understand that there's coming a day when there will never again be any more bad news. There will never again be another child raped. When there will never, never again uh, be anyone who will be uh, sold into slave, sex slavery. When we understand that never again will there be another murder. We understand that never again there will be another tear shed in sorrow. Never another lie told. We look forward to the light. Jesus said, my peace I, live, I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. As we remember with our young children, as we put them to bed, many of them often ask that we turn the light on. And may you, as you go about in this dark world, make sure to keep the light on. And finally, the light gives us joy. John 15 says, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. He is the light of the world. And if you're in Christ, we got three challenges, I think. Number one is to keep walking in the light. John will later say, if we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So we keep walking in the light. Number two, we keep reflecting the light. Philippians 2 says we're to shine among them like stars in the sky. You couldn't see it, but it was really cool to see all your phones on. It did look like a lot of stars. Not far away, but right close up. And and you're probably not going to be that for me, but you're going to be a star of light for someone if you're walking in the light this week. So reflect his light. And finally, bring glory to God. Let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, not to glorify you, but to glorify the Father who is in heaven. Praise God for the light of the world. And if you find yourself in darkness, or if you as the Pharisees, the teachers of that day, even though they were good, they didn't have the light. If you're without the light, or you're not walking in the light, we want to call you in either circumstances to the light. The good news is if you're in the darkness that you don't have to stay there any longer. If you need life, peace, joy, and hope, His light is available to everyone, including you. If you're ready to receive that gift, I'd love to help you with it. I'd love to help you uh, to know Christ, to confess Christ, to be immersed into Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you have any need tonight, won't you join me down front? As together we stand and sing.